This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Today, a rocket hits a hospital in Gaza, but Israel says it was not them. We will get into that. And also, Jim Jordan loses his first speakership vote. We've got all of that and more coming up, and it all starts right now. Welcome to the news and why it matters. I am Sarah Gonzalez, and today, as the conflict in Israel and the Gaza Strip intensifies, the Palestinian Health Ministry reported 200 to 300 people were killed in what it called a targeted bombing of a hospital in central Gaza, blaming Israel, of course, for the launch. Well, Israel quickly denied responsibility for the bombing, posting on their Israel War Room account on X. Reports suggest that the mass casualty event at the Baptist Hospital in Gaza City was the result of a misfire rocket launch by Hamas. No IDF air activity was reported at the time, and the timing coincided with a salvo of rockets launched at Israel. Reminder, 30 to 40 percent of Hamas rockets misfire and land short in the Gaza Strip. They added, one minute before the Baptist Hospital in Gaza was hit, Hamas announced on its own Telegram channel that they were launching their strongest rockets at the northern Israeli city of Haifa. However, no interceptions or impacts were detected near that area. Now, they also released local footage showing the rocket path from inside Gaza and, of course, the subsequent explosion there. Um, And as Palestinians in Gaza get low on food and water supply, a senior Hamas official reportedly told NBC News that they would release hostages within one hour if Israel would stop launching rockets into Gaza. And as of the time of this taping, Israel has yet to officially respond to that. Now, amidst the chaos, Joe Biden is set to visit the country tomorrow in a move intended to show solidarity with the Israeli government, while select United States troops totaling around 2,000 personnel have been ordered to be ready at any moment to deploy to the country. Oh boy, another war we're involving ourselves in. Can't wait. Here to discuss this and more, we have Yaku Buyans, Blaze TV contributor and host of The Bottom Line. Also, Stu Bergier, of course, host of Stu Does America, which you can find on Blaze TV, but also on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. So look up both of these gentlemen on YouTube, follow their uh, pages. And, um, you know, I got to tell you, I don't love talking about war every day. That's not a that's no. not a thing I like coming in here and talking not about. Um, but um, here we are. And it's, it really is fascinating. Hamas plans this whole big. I mean, it, it, according to The Wall Street Journal, it took them months. They were they were coordinating with Iran to plan this whole big attack with paragliders and motorcycle, all of these things coinciding at the same time. And now they're like, oh, well, if you just stop firing rockets, we'll release the hostages. That just doesn't seem well thought out. No, it's not. Sorry to jump ahead, Stu, but what comes to me is the forces behind Hamas that's pressing that say, keep going, because they're still firing rockets, Mm -hmm. right? 
And then you must, you must, if you put yourself in the shoes of a member of Hamas on the ground going, we are absolutely outgunned, outnumbered. Two U.S. naval warships arrived. This is not good for us. There's no path to victory. I mean, I'm talking about the individual radicalized jihadist soldier on the ground understands. But I must believe there are forces who have funded this. And part of that is Joe Biden. It's funny that he's going to visit the war that he helped fund. But, but forces behind them, you know, like a Hezbollah, like radical Islamic factions in the Middle East or Iran that is saying, no, keep this going. I think we're at an inflection point about now. Um, where those on the ground, you're going to see some fatigue set in. Other, other than what you saw in the Russian war that's prolonged, I think we're going to see Hamas maybe go into hiding amongst the people, mm-hmm. cowardly, like they normally do. And that's going to be ugly because you're going to have to go hunt them out door to door to door over a period of time. Yeah, now they did, um, IDF says that they killed one of the main uh, head leaders of Hamas today. So there is that. Um, but again, it just very, I mean, maybe it's some part of overall terrorist strategy that I don't know because I'm not a terrorist, but like it just seems very strange to already be like, okay, we'll release the hostages. Like what, what, was, all, what was all of that for then? Yeah, what did exactly. you think they were going to do? Mm-hmm. Well, first of all, let's take a moment of silence for that Hamas leader. Okay, so <laughs> what I wanted to talk about here is that there is a, um, a really, look, this incident with the hospital is terrible, and everyone mm-hmm. would, would agree to that. Um, it, it makes no sense that Israel would target a hospital. Right. Now, is it possible that one of their missiles went off course and hit a hospital? Yes, that's possible. I, I, would, I would consider it to be pretty unlikely. Um, we don't know for sure. But you, you mentioned the strategy of the basic jihad soldier, right? What is the strategy? There's none. There's, right? there's, none. No, there's yeah. no way to make this happen. Hamas taking over Israel is not a thing, yeah. right? They can't do it by themselves. The only strategy that can be there is to create enough chaos to get these other uh, Arab nations to join into a wider conflict. Try to make this into a situation where Israel is the bad guy and they're, they're, everyone forgets about all the rapes and the beheadings of children and all the things that went on before. Oh, forget about those things. Let's just focus on this thing now. And obviously Israel has a much stronger military uh, than anything in, in Gaza where they're digging up water pipes donated by uh, for, foreign aid and turning them into rockets. So Israel does this. Why on earth would they... They know that the only way that this turns out to be a loss for them is if the, the wider area comes in. I think they believe they would be able to defeat them too, but they don't want to create that war. Right. So a situation where they would intentionally bomb a hospital makes no sense. What does make sense is either Hamas with their terrible rockets that don't even make it to their targets most of the time hitting this hospital, or honestly, them intentionally oh, yes. hitting yes. this hospital. I was going to say that. Yeah. They Absolutely. need these incidents. Yeah. They yes. need this footage. To incite. These things. To right. incite. They, yeah. they don't care a lick no. about their own people. No. They don't. Yeah. It's ridiculous to even consider this. These are terrorists that are murdering their own people as well as Jews. I mean, the Palestinians, the, the actual Palestinian civilian, civilians, many of them, are victims of Hamas. And of course, Israel is trying to make the distinction between these two groups as much as possible. And of course, we want that to happen. 
but it is going to be very difficult. And sadly, there's going to be a lot of collateral damage. But one way you can avoid that is not raping and murdering people uh, in, a, in, a, in, a, in another land that are innocent victims. Don't That's start a fight it. you can't finish, number mm -hmm. one. And, and there are means to an end for the other global community that would like to attack. Look how quickly Hezbollah put out a statement. How quickly some jihadist factions in Afghanistan and in, in, in area of the world put out a statement saying, hey, we're mobilizing. Yeah. And it is to incite. I actually would say, and of course is my opinion, that they would target a hospital themselves. Yeah. Just to say, see, mm -hmm. Israel bad, now they're shooting up hospitals, war treaty is being broken, etc. Let's band together. Well, I mean, to your point, they're already indirectly doing that by, you know, Israel has made it a point to warn civilians to, I mean, I don't know who else would be like, hey, this is where we're bombing, leave the area so that you don't get hurt, right? Sure. Like, yeah. they're doing everything, I would say, that they can in times of war in order to avoid civilian casualties, and Hamas is going, the reports are at least, Hamas is going around taking away people's keys, forcing them to stay, making them stay there so that they can then use those, you know, uh, casualties. As human shields. Yes, exactly. Um, so, you know, again, I, I like the distinction of like who the bad guys are right now is very clear to me. Uh, it's a little frightening to me that it isn't clear to some people. Um, but so Joe Biden, I want to get your thoughts on Joe Biden um, going so, so quickly, which, again, I'm not saying Israel, like Israel is our ally. Uh, United States should stand with Israel. But it is fascinating that um, this is, of course, a, would you call it a border conflict? I guess it's a little more nuanced than that because it's not specifically a border conflict. It's more of just a land and religious conflict. But at the end of the day, they are right next to each other and they're fighting each other across a border. Um, Ukraine, same thing. And it's just fascinating to have a president that that finds the time to constantly be engaged with other countries' border issues. And he can't find the time to come to our own border to figure out what the hell we need to do, because you want to talk about terrorists. Mm. God knows how many have come in through our southern border. Yeah. And, well, and northern border. I take that back. Yeah. Any of our borders, yeah. because none of them are secure. And he seems to find the time to get himself involved in every other country's problems, yet none of ours. I got a call from a family last night that said, can you please help us? Uh, this is a family, um, a mother and two children who are stuck in Mexico, went for vacation. They're in the process of becoming U.S. immigrants, and now the Biden administration won't let them back in. They own homes, they employ people in Tennessee, mm. and they're stuck in Mexico City, and they can't get back in, right? They came legally, but they walk across the yeah. border, baby. Yeah. You get that CBP-1 app, you get a social security number with work authorization, with a notice to appear in 2030. Here's what I'll say, mm -hmm. Sarah. He doesn't visit our border because it has to be open because it advances his political career. He visits Israel because it advances his political career. He sends money to the Ukraine because it advances his political career. And the globalist, I'll say it, not the network, this one world government initiative. He will do whatever advances the World Economic Forum, and that means open U.S. border, and this is why he'll pick and choose. This is why he will show up for a minute in Hawaii. Mm -hmm. He won't show up in, in other areas of the country. I mean, it's, it's strategic to whatever advances their mission. The means just, the ends justify the means for these people. Yeah.
agree. First of all, I like how Yaku's protecting the network. He's just like, Look, I'm going to say this. Have you ever watched this channel? Like, we say crazy crap. I'm trying. I'm trying. Listen, this thing doesn't belong to me. Okay, I'm doing everything I can on this show three days a week to help me. Well, but well, hold on. By the way, the. <laughs> The founder of the network did print a book called The Great Reset. Right. Yeah. cancel culture. Oh, I was in meetings where like, you look, Glenn, you go on YouTube, but you just can't say The Great Reset on YouTube. It's the name of his book. <laughs> Wait, what do you mean you can't say it? I, uh, it's going to be hard. Um, uh, you know, Thanks, dude. Yeah, no, I appreciate that. Um, you know, it's a... a Look, the, the Biden thing is a little more nuanced than I think the typical issue we talk about with Joe Biden because Israel is one of those issues that, like, two percent of democrats are still okay on and the rest of them are nuts where everything else is 100 percent of democrats are nuts so um you know he has had a couple of pretty i don't want want to say good speeches because that that makes it sound like i'm saying he gave a good speech and a good performance which he did not but the words were pretty much right (laughs) you know they were in the right order and everything some of them were strong words uh i mean he didn't finish a lot of the words was english ran out of breath in the middle of three (laughs) syllable words obviously but i'm just generally speaking it was english we think um but he was like look we stand with israel this was a terrorist attack he he has said some of those things his his visit to um to israel while i do think largely is probably more of a political bait like he still has you know he's trying to appeal politically he i think he realizes uh, the united states needs to be on the right side of this issue uh, so at at some level, though, it's probably well-intended. I, I will say, um, and I don't want to sound like a wuss here because it may, may come off that way, but like him visiting, let's say, Ukraine, the adversary in Ukraine, yeah. Vladimir Putin, still has a, a sense of, I want to protect my nation. I don't want to get into a nuclear war with yes. the United States, yeah. right? They're going to stop firing rockets <clears throat> if he's in Kiev, right? They're going to make sure yeah. they don't kill Joe Biden yeah. while he's yeah. there. Hamas has uh, no, uh, no care about this. It's an opportunity. In yeah. fact, they think it's a wonderful opportunity. Yeah. If they could somehow hit him while he is there, mm-hmm. it's going to cause a world war, which is what the whole point of this was. Yeah. So... As much as I, at some level, think that like the United States showing solidarity with Israel is a good thing, Israel wanted him to come. They were asking for him to come. There's some positives to that. But I do wonder if the risk here, God forbid one of these rockets gets through and hits a building he's standing in, mm-hmm. we could be in the midst of much, much more than uh, you know a, a, a scary moment and wondering where our leadership is. We could be in a world war quickly. And again, I've been on this policy with Ukraine and Israel and everything else. I'd like to avoid world war. Mm. I don't think it sounds that great. Really? I watch lots of movies about the old ones. Those are awesome. Don't want to watch. I don't want to watch the new one like in a play in front of me in live action. And might I just add, if that scenario did play out, what Stu is saying, you would have President Kamala Harris oh God Almighty. at the helm of things. And there's no speaker. Who's fourth? I don't even know at this point. We are just screwed. Let's put it that way. Who's <laughs> fourth in line? I don't even know. This is where we are as a country. Like, who's fourth? Well, what about one, two, and three? They're gone. No, we're done. in apocalyptic territory. Wow, here. we really are screwed. Um, okay, well, good news abounds, everyone. We got to take a quick break. We'll be back with more good news. First, we want to thank our sponsor, My Patriot Supply, which is perfect for the, of course, impending as we're discussing World War III. So, as Stu's mentioning, it is on the horizon. It's going to happen. Um, and when it does, <laughs> no, thanks, now all of a sudden, it's it not going. call it in. <laughs> I know. Okay, point is, there's a lot of chaos going on. 
uh, in the world. You just heard a bunch of it during this particular segment. And um, you really need to have emergency food these days. The point of emergency food is that, you know, they call them preppers. Well, you can only be a prepper because you're preparing because you can't wait until a war breaks out or you have some sort of natural disaster. Something happens where you really need that food supply and you haven't already gotten it. So please, please, please be prepared. You can do that with my Patriot Supply. They've got uh, their food kits that contain 2,000 plus calories per day for each person. It's up to a 25-year shelf life so you know that it will be there when you need it. And they're dropping their price right now of their top-selling three-month emergency food kit. So you can get that kit uh, $200 off. Now is the time to do it, okay? You can go to preparewithnews.com to save $200 on your food security. Uh, That is preparewithnews.com. All right, so I want to talk about (laughs) I can't wait to hear what that story is. The things we talk about off air. Um, I want to talk more on on, um, what's going on in Israel. Um, And I want to talk about the Republican candidates' responses to what has been going on. I think that it's something, of course, our viewers care about, right? I would hope you're not planning on voting for Joe Biden right about now. And, you know, maybe you're you're wanting to know what people are saying. So um, I want to play um, Donald Trump who, you know, of course, he did the he did that infamous ban on what was it like seven different countries or whatever um, that he got largely criticized for that. Oh, my gosh, he's racist. He's xenophobic. And so I want to play Donald Trump uh, reminding voters in Iowa um, about his past stance and what he would do moving forward if he were president. Watch. As president, I also suspended refugee resettlement when we entered office in 2017. Nobody had ever heard of it before. We didn't want that. And we'll do it again. We'll put it right back into place. I banned refugees from Syria. I banned refugees from Somalia, very dangerous places, and from all of the most dangerous places all over the world. I banned them. I said, I'm sorry. And in my second term, we're going to expand each and every one of those bands because we have no choice. Some very rough people, some very, very rough people come out of those areas. They want to blow up our country. We aren't bringing in anyone from Gaza, Syria, Somalia, Yemen or Libya or anywhere else that threatens our security. You never know when Mike Lindell is just going to pop up. 80 percent off right now at the MyPillow store. Did anyone else get that out of that clip? That was incredible. <laughs> I mean, that is wow. That's still focusing on the main thing. He is really happy about it, too. Yeah, the one thing that was really funny about that clip is you watch, you know, Trump is talking about something really, really serious. serious. This is my pillow guy, you know, Mike Lindell with a big pillow. <laughs> it was just a great. It was a, look, this stuff happens. We yeah, all know. Yeah. But it was kind of a funny That, is, that is really good. Um, okay, so that, there's, there's Trump's stance. I, wanna, I want to. To just let's let's get to all of them and then I want to get your thoughts, guys. So let's play uh, Ron DeSantis, who has said, I really I think he was the first person to say, like, I am not I don't think we should allow any Gaza refugees into the country. Watch. Let me ask you, a lot has been made over comments you made. I think it was on CBS. We cannot accept people from Gaza. Well, frankly, we can't accept people from anywhere because of Joe's open borders. And it'll be eight million total by the end of this year uh, into this country as refugees, you said, in Iowa. (laughs) He said, you're not going to do that if you look at how they behave. Not all of them are Hamas, but all of them are (laughs) are all anti-Semitic. There is an indoctrination in cartoons and in books 
at the youngest ages. And these kids are being taught to hate the Jews and even kill the Jews. Uh, that indoctrination is real. Exactly. So we're no, my position is very clear. As the first presidential candidate say, no Gaza refugees, period. We're just not going to do it. And why? Because we don't want to import the pathologies from the Gaza Strip and other places in the Middle East to the United States of America. They are taught to hate Jews. They are taught that Israel has no right to exist. The textbooks that they use don't even have Israel on the map at all. And so this is just endemic to their culture. It's a really toxic culture that's developed. So there's no reason to be importing that into the United States. And the idea that we can kind of separate like a terrorist from some, someone that may be a freedom lover, that just doesn't work. Uh, so, so we will not do that uh, when I'm president. And then of course, Nikki Haley, who uh, very shortly after Hamas committed their attack on Israeli civil civilians was on TV saying, finish them, and now is like, well, we actually should also accept Gaza refugees into our country with open, open welcome arms, watch. You know, I dealt with this every day for two years. And, you know, what I can tell you is you have to realize that whether we're talking about Gazans and Palestinians, um, you know, all of them don't, you've got half of them at the time that I was there, didn't want to be under Hamas's rule. They didn't want to have terrorists overseeing them. They knew that they were living a terrible life because of Hamas. You had the other half that supported Hamas and wanted to be a part of that. We see that with Iran, too. The Iranian people don't want to be under that Iranian regime. They don't. We saw what happened to Masa Amini. We saw how they treat them. There are so many of these people who want to be free from this terrorist rule. They want to be free from all of that. And America's always been sympathetic to the fact that you can separate civilians from terrorists. And that's what we have to do. I mean, you can try, but I would also say that there may be a reason why none of the Arab nations will take them in. But we should. Mm, yeah, I mean, it's fascinating, right? We have to be the ones that do this all the time right. for every situation. Like, you know, in Afghanistan, when that was going on, we had people who... I mean, we talked to military members who like, this particular, this individual literally saved my life five times. Yeah. Like, I, we have to get him, get him out of this country before the Taliban takes over. And even in those situations, like, we tried, I, I know Mercury One, of course, went in there and saved a lot of people, but those people did not come to the United States. They went to other friendly right. Arab mm -hmm. nations, yes. um, uh, largely. Um, they were, but they were all over the globe, um, but not necessarily here. We can't be the ones that take in everybody. We're doing, you know, with our border open, with all the issues we're, we're dealing with, it's hard for us to do that. This particular conflict, though, we're not even technically involved in, right? right? Like, we, we are at some sort of, uh, on the fringe there somewhere. But, like, it's not like Afghanistan where we were directly involved in overthrowing their government at that time. This is a totally different situation. Like, my guess is there are, probably thousands of people inside of Gaza that are working uh, as sources for the Israelis, right? Like there's a reason why apparently they weren't good enough at it. Um, or maybe they would have known this attack was coming. But the, the bottom line is like there are people in there that I'm sure Israel would want to protect and save and don't want, uh, you know, don't want to be uh, certainly killed or even removed from the area. But like that can't be the United States' uh, okay. uh, answer on every single issue. It can't always be us coming to the rescue of everybody. And watching these you know, candidates, look, it, all three of them would be better on Israel than Joe Biden will be. Mm -hmm. 
Um, so that's worth saying. Donald Trump, you know, he got criticism for some of the stuff he said uh, about, uh, you know, criticizing Netanyahu and saying Hezbollah was smart. Again, with Trump, you kind of have to look past some of the things he says. He just, like, a lot of times I don't get much value out of that. I, I, much, I get much more value out of uh, what his record was. And his record was very good yes. on Israel. I, I don't have any concerns over whether he cares about this region or will do a good job. DeSantis, I think, you know, every appearance seems to be his, he's going to be incredible on this. He, he's, he's really, really strong. And Haley, like, she... You know, look, she's out of the the pocket. I think of the audience. I think like, the audience generally of the Blaze is a huge Nikki Haley, Nikki Haley fans. But again, I do think she'd be pretty strong on Israel. It might get to the issue point where she might be too strong, where like maybe there's too much involvement from the right. United States with the Haley presidency. As you mentioned when we first started this, I can't believe we're talking about war all the time. That may be the yeah. road we go down yeah. with Nikki Haley. Yeah. But yeah. we can look at all. I have the you know we did the shirts at anyone but Biden in twenty four. You know, look, outside of, uh, there are some exceptions to that. People always fact check that. Like, what about Kamala Harris? Yeah, all right, don't fact check my T-shirt. But the point is, uh, look, I think Haley would be a lot better than Biden. I think uh, Trump would be a lot better than Biden. And I do think DeSantis and probably most people on that stage would be a lot better than Biden. Yeah, I agree. Did he just say Nikki Faley? I think he did. I did say Nikki Faley by mistake. That was a mistake, but maybe there was Freudian. Enough said. (laughs) She doesn't belong in this party. I, I mean, you look, cannot. You cannot. She's Stu, third in the primary. Stu, uh, Stu this milk toast kind of tolerance. To this tolerance we have to people who skirt the issue and they want to be lukewarm. God Himself will spew them out. This is the kind of rhetoric. Does this woman, for one second, think that if you're a terror cell, that you actually embed terror inside a civilian move into your country that's coming across our border right, right now. Right. And you plant them, not for a minute, for seven, eight, nine, right. ten years. Yes. You make America train them. Yes. You make them graduate year from our colleges. You make them take an adjunct professorship. This is how you really fight war. This is how Putin fights. This is called the world of espionage. This is how you work. So come on over here. By the way, not if they were supportive of the Israeli, of the IDF and informants, then let them go live in Israel. Mm-hmm. The mm-hmm. closest proximity. Why the U.S.? Or Egypt. Or, or Egypt. Or, 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 or maybe this novel thought of, hey, we're helping you take your country back so you can stay in your country. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hello? We can't be the heroes for every, no. every This is not. The, the whole Maduro mindset of, oh, you know, Venezuela fell to crap and all of a sudden bring all of Venezuela to the U.S. No. Right. Listen, man, you were born there. Immigrate legally. Mm-hmm. Yep. 100%. Take yeah. that take that pain. Im- yeah. Do it legally. Yeah. And by the way, this is someone speaking as legal who has done it, <laughs> who has done it and knows the process very well. Um, all right, we got to take another quick break. We'll be back with more, but we want to thank our sponsor, Relief Factor. So if you are one of millions of Americans, you just live in constant pain and you just think, well, this is the way it is now and my life kind of sucks because I just always feel this nagging feeling, but that's just what it is. Don't be that way. Try Relief Factor, okay? It's all natural. It's an anti-inflammatory. So it actually targets the root cause of your pain, which is oftentimes it's the the inflammation in your joints that is causing that pain. So when you take it as directed, it really could change your life, Um, especially if you're in severe pain. You know how it can affect all aspects of your life. You're grumpy. You lose patience with the people that you love. Just try Relief Factor, okay? 70% of the people who take it keep ordering it because it's working for that many people. So try the three-week quick start. It's $19.95. It's a trial pack, and you're going to know by the end of that whether or not it's going to work for you. You can go to relieffactor.com. That is relieffactor.com. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. 
Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. All right. Uh, I want to welcome to the program one of our favorite guests, Congressman Chip Roy, who uh, is fresh off of the House floor. Jim Jordan obviously did not get the votes to become Speaker of the House this round. Can you tell us? I know I have a list. Uh, Bacon, Buck. Uh, I could go down the list. Gar- Garbarino, uh, Gonzalez, Granger. Those two are from Texas. James, Kelly, Kiggins. Uh, Lawler, Rutherford, Sparts, Womack, Michael Simpson. There were several votes for McCarthy. Um, there were several votes for Lee Zeldin, Scalise, one for Thomas Massey. What the hell is going on in the House and are we going to get a new freaking speaker? Yeah, well, Sarah, great to be on. I wish uh, I wish I was with you in Texas and we were visiting there rather than uh, my being here in the swamp. But uh, that's the uh, nature of the job I signed up for, which is tells you something about my existence. But look, <laughs> what we saw unfold on the floor today is not all that surprising, except for this. Jim Jordan, the former chairman of the Freedom Caucus, strong conservative, came to Washington to change it, just got 200 votes mm. out of the Republican conference for Speaker of the House. That is a monumental achievement. We are moving the needle. We are changing this town. But the actual war is not about Jim Jordan. This war has been going on and brewing for well over a decade, okay? We're in the era that came in with the Tea Party, that then came through cut cap and balance, trying to cut spending, that then led to the formation of the Freedom Caucus after I was Ted Cruz's chief of staff and we're here battling the Obamacare shutdown, then Donald Trump coming in and taking on the swamp through multiple speakers, We're now, we've been having this battle for the soul of not just the country, but the Republican Party in order to save the country. That's what's really going on. And what you saw today with with respect to the 20 who did not vote for Jim, and I've got friends in that group, I'm not disparaging them as humans, but someone's gotta ask them the question now that they voted, what are you for? Mm -hmm. Are you for the status quo? Are you for $33 trillion of debt? Are you for wide open borders? Are you for a defense that is more woke than it is able to go carry out war making? Are you for uh, empowering China? Are you for empowering the liberal elites with their ridiculous green agenda that's undermining our national security and empowering China? Are you for you know, uh, undermining our ability to conduct uh, wars in defense of this country while we just send over blank checks to Ukraine? Mm-hmm. I mean, I could keep going down the list. Are you for the status quo? And just notice that of the 20, seven of them are appropriators. Four of them are, are on the House Armed Services Committee. The people that think they run this town typically, traditionally, historically, have been appropriators and the defense complex. Mm-hmm. We're trying to break that. That's what's really going on. Yeah, I mean, uh, it just seems like it's just a bunch of adults having a hissy fit, it feels like, especially when they're voting for uh, people who aren't obviously aren't even running. It just seems like... what. I say this often on the on the program, um, Congressman. Why do we need who needs enemies with friends like these? I mean, we are supposed to be able to come together when it matters. And it seems like whenever it actually matters, regardless of what you think of whether or not Matt Gates was right in what he did, um, 
regardless of that, we are here right now. So if we can't unify right now when it matters, why the hell did voters go out and make sure that Republicans were in charge of the House if Republicans in the House don't seem to want to wield that power? Well, let me maybe put you at ease and some of your listeners at ease. You can, tell I, you can tell I'm pissed, so you're trying to calm yeah, me down. Well, I appreciate no, that. And you should be. You should be. So am I. Yeah. Uh, I had a conversation with one of the more moderate members, who's one of the 20, over the weekend. I'm not going to say who. It was a mm-hmm. private conversation. But that individual said something that I agree with, which is when this is all over in a few weeks or in a month or whenever we get this all sorted out, Americans are going to blow right past it. What they're going to be concerned about next year is whether or not we're fighting and delivering on reducing spending, pulling back on the power of the Biden administration, restoring our military, securing the border, standing with Israel, but not with blank checks for every foreign you know, uh, entity around the world in the name of Israel, which is what they want to do by lumping Ukraine together with Israel. They want to see us fight. That's what this is all going to be about. So you know, we're going to get through this just like we got through January. And let me say this. We got a lot of great stuff done this year. H.R. 2 is the best border bill we've ever passed. Mm-hmm. The defense authorization bill is the best defense authorization bill we've ever passed. The four appropriations bills are actual cuts. We fought through and got them across the finish line. We got other good bills done. We've stood up for life. We've stood up for parents. We've stood up for a strong border. We have a Senate, Democrats, and a president that won't work with us. We have a thin majority, and we're exposing this family feud for the entire country to see. That's okay. We have the worst form of government except for all the others. Everybody stay calm and carry on. We have a job to do. I'm not backing down. We're going to change this town or bust. If my colleagues think they're going to roll over me or roll over Jim Jordan, they're out of their mind. If they somehow get Jim to you know, back off, I think Jim should carry this all the way through. We'll, be next. we'll stand up and fight for change. We're not going to agree to more of the same. So you think that there are enough of you who are standing up and saying, you're, if, if this is a game of chicken, you're going to lose because we're not backing down? Well, I can promise you that I'm not backing down, and I can promise you that my colleagues that stood up in January to change this place are not backing down. And if this group of 20 thinks that they're going to somehow you know, get us to back off in this false name of unity instead of unifying around actual purpose. Like mm-hmm. unity for the sake of unity is stupid. Right. Unity to stand up to actually go fight for the American people who sent us here instead of fighting for defense contractors or to spend more money that we don't have or to fight for oh, some sort of you know, power that you want to retain. That's not going to get the job done. The American people sent us here to fight for them. We are supposed to be representing them. I work for my constituents. I work with my colleagues. There's a difference. I heard that, um, and maybe maybe you can confirm, I'm not sure, but I heard that there were just, I mean, the phones have been flooded in D.C. Um, with people urging their uh, their leaders, their representatives, I should say, rather, to vote for Jim Jordan, and that maybe perhaps that was some of the pressure that was applied that, encouraged certain representatives to make the right choice, which was to, uh, of course, elect Jim Jordan. Is that, have you heard that at all? Well, of course people have been lighting up the phones and they should. Every American should call your member of Congress and tell them who you think should be the Speaker of the House and you should be questioning our votes. If you don't like my vote, you should call my office. If you like my vote, feel free to call my office. But the bottom line is, of course you should let your voice be heard. But you know, some of my colleagues that are, they're protesting a little much. You know, I made some calls this weekend telling people, hey, 
back off until Jim has had the chance to go visit with his colleagues. Mm -hmm. Let's not prejudge this. Jim's trying to work his colleagues to see if we can come to agreement. Mm -hmm. I did that. I did it on behalf of some of my colleagues because they wanted time to talk to Jim. That's fair. But now you voted. So guess what? Your constituents have a voice. So suck it up, guys. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, Congressman, good to see you again. Yaku Boyens here. You know, the two names for me that's most attractive in the speakership would be Jim Jordan and you. But you're such a fighter. You're, a, you're an absolute pit bull for us, specifically on the border. I'd love to hear from you. For those who may be willing and dealing with, with Congressman Jordan on the back as he's heading towards speakership, my opinion is that he will stand firm, that he will not negotiate and back down from his pro-life, pro-America, pro-truth stance that we've seen him take? Well, my view in life is uh, past his prologue. And uh, Jim Jordan has done a great job standing up. He helped found the Freedom Caucus. He was one of the leading voices in the cut cap and balance effort to restrain spending in 2011 when Barack Obama was still in the White House. He was one of the leading uh, partners with Ted Cruz to fight Obamacare. And Lord knows, I wish we'd been successful on that one rather than letting it get implemented. Uh, he's been a fighter for life. He's been a fighter for uh, the border. Uh, under his leadership in the House Judiciary Committee, we passed the strongest border security bill we've ever passed. And I was proud to be a significant part of that. The bottom line is, you know, I don't know what Jim's going to do. It's hard to manage a razor thin majority with Chuck Schumer and Joe Biden on the other ends of the, the negotiating. But I know his heart and I know what he's done in the past. And again, past his prologue. And I'd be proud to partner with him. But look, let me be clear. I'd be proud to hold him accountable, too, yeah. just as we're supposed to do. Yeah. Uh, Congressman, I appreciate you taking the time today. I, I'll, I will leave you with this. Don't you think, it's just a random thought, don't you think it would be nice if we had someone else to vote for um, for Senate other than John Cornyn? <laughs> Well, you're just setting me up for a nice little trap here. I'm focused on getting our speaker elected and I will let everybody, you know, figure out what they want to do going forward. But we look, I've got to, I've got right now, I got to focus on, uh, on Jim Jordan today. All right, fine. You're excused from answering that question today. I appreciate you. We'll talk soon. All right. God bless her. Thank you. Uh, okay. All right. We got to take a break. But <laughs> I thought I had him. I thought I had you. Um, one of the think our sponsor this segment, Texas Land Deal. So we've been talking about this this week. This is the best wholesale land value in the state of Texas. Never before offered prime Texas acreage. Listen up. Saturday, October 21st, a new section grand opening of prime Texas properties at wholesale prices. You can get a brand new lake access barn dominium ready for your finishes on six plus acres for only one hundred and nineteen nine or three ten acre Lakeview estates priced to sell in one day from only forty nine nine limited availability. Do not miss out. Saturday, this Saturday, October 21st, you can own two plus acres of direct dockable lakefront on a trophy bass lake for only $59.9. It's minutes to town for shopping and dining. Properties are serviced by gated entrance, paved roads, utilities, high-speed internet to work from home, multi-million dollar clubhouse, equestrian center, and resort-style pool exclusively for owners. Call 765-LAKE-NOW. Uh, again, this is Saturday, October 21st. You can buy directly from the developer and save thousands. So you can call that number or you can go to txlanddeal.com. That is txlanddeal.com. All right, um, we're going to get into a topic that we're not supposed to talk about on YouTube. So I'm not sure when we're going to lose the YouTube audience. Um, if we do, you can find us over at, at blazetv.com. Um, so <laughs> I want to read you a tweet from the Washington Post, okay? 
A 21-year-old University of Wyoming student was looking for community. Instead, she faced death threats, a federal lawsuit, and an attempt to kick her out. Now, it sounds terrible. It does. I don't I'm think any woman should. Why would they do that to some woman? I know. A woman, no woman should ever go through that. What did she do? What, did she do something terrible? What, I don't understand. Well, I mean, first, um, it's actually a man. Oh. Which you probably should have been able to tell by the picture that was included um, in, the, in the tweet. Um, and in the, oh my goodness, she looks really upset. She looks really upset. So, um, verklept, very verklept. <laughs> yes. So, you know, you ask, what did she do? Well, he, Shim, um, was like spying on his sorority sisters and um, like touching himself. And so, uh, you know, I mean, maybe some causes for concern. Why? Why, Sarah? <laughs> Why would that concern you? You should just accept that's that true. completely that's and act true. like it's normal. That's that's a great point. Thank you. That's a great point. <laughs> Women should just... I won't get kicked off YouTube. You two will be gone. <laughs> get me out of here. I'll be fine. I'll be on YouTube You will forever. be fine. I'll tell you this, buddy. Uh, if they're really serious and convicted, they will get the shalong cut off, but they don't. They still have it. <laughs> the shalong? And then they, that- and then they go, yeah, the shalong. Then they go I mean, and spy. It's a shalong. <laughs> it's a little like Africa. Gonna, little yeah, Africa yeah, for yeah, everybody. Yeah. He added then they African go spy player. on naked women in the showers and get off on themselves. And then they want to squirm when the girls go, oh, sorry, creeps in the house, right? This is, I told you off camera, this is where you get like a Ronda Rousey kind of a sorority member. And she, a real woman, takes he and you, you, you beat the tar. Mm-hmm. In and out. You're victimizing young women. Yeah, you know, that's usually how society used to punish that. Society would do that. Yeah. Now, in, in the public square. Yeah. And in, of course, we're in a totally different world now. I mean, I mean, you go like I believe uh, the plot of Porky's um, uh, consisted partially of uh, college male college students looking through uh, a peephole at mm-hmm. women in the shower. This was a, yep. a, a an old shtick back in the day, and now we're at the point where guys are apparently faking to be women to go do this. Completely. I mean, I. It's one thing to talk about these things in a like esoteric way. Hey, this issue is concerning. Imagine if your kid was in the room. Yep. Imagine if your kid was the one being victimized by this behavior. You know, the, the whole Me Too movement sort of lost mm-hmm. some steam now, hasn't it? Mm-hmm. I, they certainly don't seem all concerned about stuff like this. They don't seem concerned about women being raped in Israel. They, I don't know what happened to the Me Too movement, but it seems to be dead and buried. Uh, I just I, like I, it's hard to believe that this stuff can actually happen. This used to be easy, right? Like I, there are a lot of things that are hard, right? There are there are issues that we talk about that are difficult. What's the line on this? What's the line on that? What should the policy be on this? These are things that that the left and the right used to talk about and battle about, and, and there was like a sensible understanding of the truth around the debate. Instead, now we're at this point where the left literally says that's a woman. And I don't know how yes. to, how do you argue with a person like that? You have to just completely ignore them. Yes. You got Stanford yeah. students protesting because tampons was removed from the men's bathroom. That's a mental illness. Yeah. We used to have asylums and straitjackets for these reasons, because those are, are individuals that are not safe to themselves or society for that matter. Mm-hmm. Tampons and men's bathrooms. A, a guy getting into a sorority, taking the place of another real female woman who could be in that sorority, but no, sorry, 
your place is forfeited because he is coming in here because he needs a peep show. Right. Yeah. A th- a th- by the way, a 300 pound probably. Uh, I mean, he's he is he's not small. OK, so like a 300 pound male who's spying on women when they're changing and getting an erection while he's doing so. Um, I, I don't think you have to use your imagination too far to see how that could play out. And this woman, whoever it was, would probably be left completely defenseless considering he's a fat piece of <sighs> Now's the time to go to break. I'll Get the back. swear jar out. We'll don't try to go we'll, to a break. Okay, well, we'll Put be money back. Put in that thing. Put money in. I don't have any. <laughs> <laughs> Bidenomics. <laughs> Another day, another clip of Kamala Harris being stupid. Um, by the way, okay, so let's let's play it, and I want to just give you guys a reminder of something. Let's listen to Kamala Harris. We did it, Joe. <laughs> Why is it so? Yes, yes. No. No. We did it. <laughs> They actually, so she, first she says high five and then they have to actually physically get up to high five each other in the middle of this. And the reminder was, of course, that she is next in line. You know why she's laughing so much? Because she knows they took it. Mm. We did it, Joe. Mm. <laughs> had a really hard day with a lot of rough news. Why would you make it worse? <laughs> Sorry. Stu- the, and this will be the comes. last appearance of... Super gear on the news of my matter. <laughs> I'm now blacklisted from Stu. <laughs> Thanks, you guys. Stream and subscribe to more Blaze Media content at theblaze.com slash podcasts.